This week's show is brought to you by Venice Beach Beverage. Try their delicious line of ginger teas with 100% daily vitamins in every can. And make sure you try my favorite, Black Cherry. Visit them online at venicebeachbeverage.com. This episode is intended for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. Hola, cholas. I'm Mia Lee, and I'm your special guest on this week's episode of On This Frequency. happy that Mia is here with us today to have this conversation. Um, I'm not going to lie, I was a little worried that Mia was going to reject this. Um, you know, I know I'm so sorry, but it, I, I'll tell you why. Why? Well, I was, I was, Ricky and I were discussing the upcoming topic, right? And, and you know, she mentioned your name and you're a teenager and teenagers are intimidating. And I know what it was like when I was a teenager and I had said no to just about everything that like an older person would have told me. So I was like, oh, my God, Mia's going to reject me. <laughs> but I'm really happy that you're here. I can, I'm happy to be here and I can understand why you would feel like that. But I also just feel like um, I've been around adults a lot. And so this kind of stuff, I'm not really like scared to do. I'm excited. You raised a good human. We'll see about that. Mia does does have really good boundaries. So I kind of sometimes share in that fear of she's going to say no. She tells me no all the time from simple things like, uh, can you come hang out with me at the kitchen table? Or can I sleep in your room tonight? Or can I wash your clothes? She has very, she doesn't like anyone washing her clothes, which is great. But she very much knows her boundaries and... I wish I figured out my boundary thing sooner than later. So I'm glad that she um, she knows that. So uh, can you tell us how old you are and where you go to school? And oh, what grade are you in? Yeah, what grade are you in? There you go. Okay, wow. Um, I'm 15, and I'm in 10th grade. So I'm a sophomore, and I attend JP High School. Tell us the things that you hate about being a high school student and the things you love about being a high school student? Mm. That's a good question. Things I love? Honestly, I think I love the social life, which is odd because I'm very weird with people now and I think COVID has affected, like, my sensitivity to other people's energy. So... I love and I have a love hate relationship with the social aspect of high school. So actually, I think that's my answer for both. Okay. Because it's, it's a love hate relationship. It's a love hate. That that is interesting. What about like academically? Are there um, are there things that you wish you there was more of or less of? I think that maybe as a sophomore, you're probably in the in betweens of. I hate this, I want to get out of here, or I love it, give me more, but this pandemic, or h- how is, how's that going? You know what, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really good with school, you know, and just academics in general, like, I've gotten, I've gotten pretty well grades since, as long as I can remember, but, um, Definitely in high school, it's a lot different. I feel like it's a lot of work, and I also play sports, so mm-hmm. that's kind of something I'm juggling with right now. And um, 
I don't know that that's an interesting question. It's definitely a different experience from like high school and middle school and elementary school. It's definitely different. And this is kind of your kind of your first year as a high school yeah. student in the sense that when the pandemic started, um, you started your freshman year online, right? Mm -hmm. So this is your actual first year freshman being year. in yeah. person. So I wanna I wanna ask, but I wanna hold off a little bit. So that, you know, we're giving our audience a little bit of a of a, a snippet of what we're going to get into in our main segment, um, because we do want to get into how COVID has affected the Gen Z generation, um, how you're coping, what you're going through, what you're not going through. And maybe you can give us a little rundown of the last two years that that you have had um, as your personal experience. And maybe you can sign, uh, shine some light for all of the, I don't know, the parents of teenagers or other teenagers that might be listening to our show, um, how they're dealing, um, how they're dealing with the pandemic, you know, because even still, I know that the the Omicron variant is very real still. And now that's probably holding you back a little bit so we'll get into that um but i wanted to but before we get into that i wanted to go over our rage and love moments if we have them um ricky we, well yeah we'll go with you first ricky you we i mia and i are like hogging the mic over here sorry <laughs> am, I, am i doing both or just one at a time um i'll start with the rage one yeah <clears throat> <laughs> moment of rage I went to do some writing at a bar and I was presented with a young man who I, I guess he was interested wanted to catch a conversation with me mm. and in our conversation the topic came up that he was working in aerospace and he could not have been much older than my son my son's going to be 22 in May Uh -huh. young kid, young kid. And so, and he had a few drinks in his system. So, you know, you kind of have that layer of, okay, you're intoxicated right now. Yeah. But when I told him that, oh, cool, like I worked in aviation too, in aerospace, he 100% did not believe me and was just kind of patronizing me and was like, no, you didn't. Like, and, and I only, I wasn't even phased by it. The thing that really got me or why it enraged me because I just thought in my head like I hope my son is not out there like talking to women like this or thinking that women cannot work in aerospace like I was flabbergasted that this youngster was legit looking at me like yeah. ma'am ma'am there's no way you worked in aerospace yeah so that was my moment of rage the lack of maturity there and um yeah don't be don't be judging people based on First of all, their their gender, and then what they look like, because you just never know. You just never look at Mark Zuckerberg. Look at the way that he exactly. he'd be looking like a bum. <laughs> I had a friend of mine next to me. She's like, "Oh, girl, you got twenty one year olds hitting on you." I'm like, "That is not the point. That is not the point." <laughs> yeah, no, I'd be a little. I'd be kind of arranged. Oh, there's Jorge. Jorge's talking to the spirits again. Hey, it's okay. I'm not gonna give you. Yeah, Jorge's been having a, quite an interesting day today. Him, like myself, we're both having, and this is my rage moment, we're, we're a little gassy today. Jorge has the bubble guts. I'm bloated. 
Yeah. I never heard that. You never heard the bubble guts? Bubble guts? No. Yeah, have you? No, that's new. It's like when your when your stomach feels all bubbly. That's the bubble well, guts. I know exactly you know? what you're talking yeah, about. Doesn't it make twice. sense? Yeah. <laughs> so Jorge has had the bubble guts. I am bloated. <laughs> and then this morning I had a delicious breakfast sandwich. Oh, the best. Mike will. Um, he'll he would agree that. My breakfast sandwiches are amazing. But anyway, I'm going through um, cleaning up after breakfast and I open the trash can and the fucking, you know, trash doesn't smell the best, of course. So it's just a small little like little whiff across my nose and it set me off and I go to throw up all of my breakfast. I know maybe it's TMI, but did you throw up in the trash can? No, actually, I threw up in the sink, and then I finished throwing up in the restroom because I didn't make it. <laughs> so, so, pregnant life, that's where we're at. Um, but, yeah, do you have any rage moments? I do. Um, my rage moment is definitely similar to Natalie's. Actually, it's very similar because it also involves throw up. Oh, my pregnant? God. No, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> um... I think it was Tuesday at a, a basketball game, mm-hmm. and I hadn't been. We hadn't had practice because we were on winter break, and then we had a few um, COVID cases on our team. So we had been out for about like two weeks, and then I, I had COVID, so I was quarantined. And the my first day back, that I was okay to come back. Um, yeah. We had a game, and so I wasn't. I wasn't too worried about it because I didn't think that I was going to play at all. And I ended up playing a lot that game. And I had a really great game. It was nice. so worth it. But, I mean, obviously, like, I was I was still recovering from being sick. And on mm-hmm. top of that, like, I was just not in – I wasn't conditioned again, you know? Yeah. So it was just a huge adjustment. And, like, I've definitely felt nauseous while playing games before but it's never like it's never actually happened I didn't think it was gonna happen and then when it did happen I was so upset because I was like I did not just let this happen and I had a (laughs) I was in the game so I had to like run off the court and they had to get a sub in for me but it was just so hectic and I was so mad that I let myself throw up but like and I was crying too after oh, it happened. No. And went, yeah, it was it was just a mess. But I was upset that it, it oh, happened. I'm but sorry. it ha- it didn't happen again, so I'm excited about that. But <laughs> was it was it just the fact that you hadn't been training and your body was adjusting or hadn't adjusted to all of a sudden you're you know running back and forth or were you like nervous or what what was that about i definitely think it was a combination of every yeah all of the above like all it has to have been well you know you can't can't have it all but you had a good game you had a good game game. it was worth it it was worth it good 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 um so a little love moment on my end um, well, I just want to let all of our listeners know that on this frequency collaborated with Primavera Color Limon. Um, so Ricky and I, we got together and created these um, self-love sage bundle sets. They're available for pre-order this week. Um, and they were inspired by, you know, both Ricky and I's journeys um, throughout this podcast and even prior um, to discover, you know, all the love that makes us who we are. And so that's kind of the representation that those have. Um, you can find them on my Etsy shop, etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash 
Primavera Color Limón. So get in there because you might need it. You know, your husband, your Girl, wife, your partner, your kids. It's Valentine's Day or it's that's quickly approaching. So you're going to want to get a gift. And what better way than to support us here because we love it. We love it here. You got a uh, love moment, Ricky? <clears throat> I had one, um, but I just changed it quickly because we got to, my moment of love is definitely this moment that we're sharing together. Mm-hmm. And the fact that I get to bring my little one here to share her experiences. I love how articulate she is, and it's it's a beautiful feeling, especially Horking down uh, Natalie's guacamole because mm. it's one of my favorite things that she makes. So we had some delicious guacamole and some quesadillas with tortillas from Ensenada. Yes. I loved all of those things. Perfect. That's my moment of love. I love it. It's all, it's all a perfect um, combination. And the feeling is right. The table runner was perfect. <laughs> I did the table runner and the flowers for you guys. <laughs> so, well... Um, oh, Mia, you have a, a love moment? I Was, do. Did you, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> um, my love moment also pertains to basketball again. Um, I just, I this week, I kind of realized how much I appreciate my teammates. Aww. And um, more specifically, um, three of them, three or four of them, they, um, I get to, get to spend a lot of time with them, you know, because the basketball takes a lot of my time now. Um, but I just... It made me realize how important it is to, um, how important it is to understand your love languages because my love language, well, my biggest one is quality time, uh-huh. and I get to spend a lot of these time with these girls, like I was saying, and so they're just, I really appreciate them, and I really like who I'm around now. Oh, that's my moment of love. <laughs> oh, I love that, Mia. <laughs> well, make sure that you share this podcast with your homegirls because I'm sure that they would appreciate hearing that from you because we don't share enough um, just in general, like how we feel about each other. So I, I love that. Um, well, with that, let's get into the main segment. Um, Mia. Let us know about your, and, and Ricky, chime in and let me know if, well, obviously, ask whatever questions you need to ask. But, uh, me, I wanted you to kind of give us a quick rundown of how, like, w- what you went through from as soon as the pandemic started up until this point. Because I think there's been a lot of changes in, and I'll just say your life specifically in regards to the pandemic. Um, so if you could just give us a rundown of like where you were at, what happened, how have you navigated and so on and so forth. And we'll probably ask questions in between all of that. Um, honestly, that's such an interesting like question or it's just an interesting topic in general because it feels so blurry to me Mm -hmm. like it Mm -hmm. I feel in and out of these last like two years like there's definitely um specific times that I can't remember when I'm like oh yeah I remember this part of my life like in the beginning it it wow that's weird to think about yeah it's so weird to think about (laughs) and it hasn't even felt like two years either that's the trippy part about it is it 
really has not felt like two years until to think about it. You know what? Snapchat gets me all the time because we get the memories, the one oh, year yeah. ago, two year ago, three year ago. Yeah. So it's crazy to see all that. And sometimes I'll look at the memories. I'm like, is this during COVID or is this before COVID? Like, yeah. So it honestly just feels so blurry. But like I said, then there's these parts where I'm in it and I'm out of it. Uh-huh. And um, I definitely have some good... Okay, well, from the beginning, <laughs> it, it was just really scary, and I felt, now looking back on it, I felt, like, really young back then, or, like, just um, so much has changed, or I feel like I've changed personally so much, like, so many little little details about myself, or that I've got to learn so much more about myself, okay. because of all the time that we've had on our hands, Yeah. but again, then there's also just, like, these weird, like, gaps of, like, nothing, you know, uh-huh, like, where... Uh-huh not really into anything um also learned a lot about my own mental health and okay. i think that that's something big that happened these last two years can you can you tell me so what have you learned about your mental health specifically if you want to <laughs> share um or the things or the things that have or how you've changed how you've noticed that that the pandemic has changed you personally is it like personality is it the way that you navigate is it the way that you have conversations is it you know the way that your body language i i want to add so keep what her question in mind is but let me just paint a different picture mia was um she was she was actually sick before covid hit Mm -hmm. and so she was at home sick you know as people if you're sick people stay home yes no matter what it is that you have if you're sick stay home so she was she was already home and then we started to get the notifications and we started to see everything that was going on with with you know covid and whatnot and and i remember leading up to that point also um Natalie and my brother were were making plans to get married. And remember, I think it was like a week before we like shut down, Natalie came over and we were talking about the wedding and my dad was, we were discussing that whole thing. So you were kind of in this state of, well, what is going to happen? Like, should we really be worried about this? Now, when they finally put us on lockdown, where a lot of people had to stay home, I worked in an industry where I still had to go to work. So Mia and I also had my daughter Alina who was who was uh, living with me at the time. My son was in and out. They had had to experience beginning the lockdown and the pandemic with being home alone because I still had to go to work. Yeah. So now you had that added level of it's a scary time right now. Is this really happening? And then your your parents not there because you got to survive. So there's an element to that that adds, in my opinion, at least I think I thought, because a lot of kids, too, had their parents at home. And that was heavy as well, because now you're with your parent, like, all the time. So there's extremities to that. So, okay, now. Well, hold on, because the other thing, the other scary part about it was I've I've never seen you, like, so anxiety-rushed about something. Like, you were so panicked about the whole pandemic like it was scary to see like that and not not scary but it would it definitely was overwhelming for us to see I remember talking with Alina about it just about how like oh my god mama's really like flipping out about this and I think that kind of stressed us out more than what was going around in like the news and stuff it was really? your reaction to it yeah, but going back to Natalie's question about um, the mental health, I definitely feel like I still have a lot to learn about that. 
and that kind of like self-awareness is a little scary but I mean I think it's important but I've learned um just to to take time to learn these things about yourself you know because I feel like I've gotten a lot better at talking about certain things or just being more open about my emotions or communicating the way that I feel to people Mm. Um, because before that was definitely a struggle for me. Um, But again, through learning about myself and my mental health and being self-aware like that, um, I've gotten better at opening up more so to my sister and my mom where like we can have important conversations a little bit easier now which sounds which could sound like such a little thing to some people but like for me that's such a hard thing to do yeah and it's getting to be not so hard anymore good but that's definitely a big thing so um this weekend actually friday night i learned that uh regina king lost her son to suicide when i saw that on my phone right then and there on my on my cell phone, I reached I reached out to my son, and I was, you know, just connecting with him and telling him, like, hey, I love you, things like that, because we have a, an estranged relationship, right? But that fear, mm-hmm. because this stems back maybe, maybe a couple of months ago when I told my kids, like, we need to hang out more. We need yeah. to talk to each other differently. And yeah. I'd been having a discussion with Mia about going to counseling, getting some therapy, which all, most of my kids are like anti that because it's uncomfortable to talk about things. Yeah. <clears throat> I was originally really discouraged by that. And I said, you know, keep your head straight. And then we've talked about me going back to therapy and, and kind mm-hmm. of setting myself up for success there. But... I I had also recently read an article about how high school students were really affected significantly by the pandemic, right? It's already difficult being a teenager. Now you have all these added circumstances that throw it all over the place. And then how, because of the pandemic, the only real consistent thing that these kids had was social media. And they could go to social media and everything was the same there. You could, meaning the platforms, accessibility and all of that. So I had it really heavy in in my head. I got to do something about this because I don't ever want to be caught off guard that my kid is suffering from something and I'm not, and I'm clueless to what's really going on. Yeah. So what I've read and from an article from U.S. National Library of Medicine and National Institutes of Health is that, and it's a medical journal that you can get on online. And also, the reason I told Natalie we should do an episode about this, we have a lot of parents with teenagers who maybe don't know how to start a conversation like this, like, how are you feeling? And sometimes asking how are you feeling isn't even the right thing to ask because it's an immediate trigger to the teenager to be like, ah, and you're flooded with emotions. But what I learned was that there's a lot of trending information on on the social media uh, platforms about COVID and or not taking it seriously and all these influencers can go either way with it mm-hmm. but that students um, were really trying to look in their in their search engines they were seeking behavior and positive mental health strategies mm-hmm. like these kids are actually looking they're out there trying to find ways to feel better right? because both increased social media use and traditional forms of education moving in digital platforms have led to the majority of adolescents spending more time in front of screens and the excessive screen time is often associated with poor sleep, uh, mental health problems, and physical health issues. Mm -hmm. So 
Mia, um, we'd like to know your screen time. I was sharing with Natalie that I found an article from 2016 that I had no idea it said 2016. And back then, teenagers were on their phone for uh, one to two hours on two different social media platforms. Now, as of late 2020, um, it's three to five hours a day and sometimes up to 10 hours a day. And they're on five to six different social media platforms. And how teenagers feel that they have to have a presence in every single platform. So it's not like they're, you know, three hours on Instagram. They're sharing that within all of these platforms because that's how they maintain relevance. Right. So screen time, young lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think my screen time um, fluctuates a lot. So looking at it right now, I'm not sure how you want me to answer this question because today's Sunday and so the iPhone restarts. It was last week. Okay. Well, okay, no. See this is no. <laughs> this is why I said um that it fluctuates a lot because <laughs> because last week I think You don't have to think. The phone tells you. No. <laughs> okay, I know that much, but why? Okay, no, I'll give you an example. So, so last week I think was is, it was kind of average. I think it's a little less than last week. Hold on, I know because it's giving me anxiety because I'm <laughs> because I'm insecure about my screen time. Okay. Listen, no judgment here. We just want to share the, okay. the realness and the rawness of all of it. Last week was seven hours and eighteen minutes. <laughs> Oh no, it, it, it gets worse because when I was out, okay, give us worse. when I was out with COVID and I was literally just at home for I don't even know how many days it was, maybe six. It was ten hours and twenty six minutes. Okay. That oh week. my god! <laughs> First of all, thank you for being honest. No, can I wait? Can mm-hmm. I? I didn't even get to get to get to the good part because the week before that, when my life was like normal, my screen time was my average weekly average was only three hours and fifty three minutes. Four hours. Four hours. Oh. Okay. That's not that bad. And that's when I'm entertained with school and sports and friends and stuff like that. But, yeah, that's why I said it fluctuates because we went from 3 to 10 there. <laughs> and that's my mom fair. had a, a whole panic attack while I was saying that. <laughs> um, what what social media platforms are you on, if you don't mind me asking? Um, Instagram, TikTok, and honestly, that's pretty much it because other than that. you did Snapchat. N- not 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 so much anymore. I feel like I've kind of grown out of that. But the only reason why I still have it on my phone is because I have a lot of pictures and videos on there that aren't saved into my camera roll or my Google Photos or anything like that. So definitely Instagram and TikTok. And then other than that, just messages to keep in touch with my friends. But that's it. Okay. Okay. It's pretty normal. Pretty normal teenager. Good. Well, I'm glad you're not 10 hours daily (laughs) on top of all of your schooling and sports because then I'd really like, girl, what you doing over there? (laughs) Oh, hell no. (laughs) Have you ever been bullied on social media? Um, No. Why'd you think about it? Because... Because... Has someone left, like, a nasty comment or said something, like, dumb? No. No, 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 no. I, I realized what I thought about it. I thought about it because sometimes um, people can get weird. And I had an incident where I was in a I was in an argument with one of my friends, and she had taken one of my captions from an old post or something like that, and she used it for one of her posts to, like, make make a shady comment about it or I don't know she just 
it, she it, was indirectly trying to tell you something. Right. But indirectly called me like a hypocrite, basically, because of what my caption was, I, which I don't remember what it was anymore. But I remember being upset about it because I was like, well, I don't want you seeing my stuff if you're going to throw it in my face later. Like, But that I don't, I don't think that that's bullying. That's just, I just, but it made me think about it. Right. So there has been there has been situations where you've had to have yeah. confrontations with another mm-hmm. kid or student mm-hmm. or friend or whatever it is on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you: Do are there support programs available mm-hmm. for students at your school right now to cope with bullying or with COVID or anything like that? You know what? They definitely. Mm, my immediate answer is yes. I know that they, they do have stuff. There's definitely posters hung up in every classroom and in the halls of numbers and websites and places to go to if you're feeling a certain type of way. And um, so, yes, yes, that they do provide that kind of stuff. But I also feel like I don't know enough about it because I've never had to use it okay. or look into it. But I feel like if I did need to, I would be able to find my way around how to work that. Is there anyone that you know or people that you know that have used it? No. Actually, no. But then do do people actually, like, do you guys, because that's a great question. Do you, do you know anybody who's used it? Yeah. But do you actually have conversations with your friends and you're like, hey, I know you're not feeling well. Yeah, that's a good question. Have you called this number? I mean, is that a school's realistic way of getting kids to, to reach out and and talk about what's going on or do the high schools need an entirely different new marketing strategy to help kids who really are in need just to talk to someone so for instance also and consider this they teach you in school about history english Uh, do you have a mental health class that's required for everyone to take no we actually don't but it made me think about how in the beginning of the school year the first the first two weeks of school my spanish teacher um made the first two weeks of school all about mental health and just kind of like um addressing the adjustment of coming back to school like in person and just how that how quarantine and covid in general has affected students mental health um, stuff like positive affirmations and things like that. What or, you know do? what, even my English teacher, too, um, she has a little corner in her room designated for students who aren't feeling good as one day if they just need a second to get some space or take a few deep breaths. She has that little corner set up for them. Like, So I do kind of see it involved more. Have you used more. that corner before? I have not. Have you wanted to? Um, I'll give you an example because I would be the student that wants to use it but would be too afraid to go and sit there to use it. I think maybe I've thought about it, but not but I didn't actually do it, but not because I was embarrassed or because I didn't want to, but be, because I've seen students use that corner. I've seen I've seen it happen a few times. So it wasn't anything because I was embarrassed or not, but I think maybe I am already used to like regulating my feelings at school, so I didn't Whoa, 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 whoa. You're used to regulating your feelings. What does that even mean? I mean, some emotions are not like school appropriate. Like I can't. I would. I don't feel. I don't feel comfortable crying at school. I've never cried at school. I get it. I've never. I I know a lot of people who've who've cried at school, but I cannot. Yeah, I cannot cry at school. It it won't happen. Well, I can't really cry in front of people in general. Like. <laughs> the same teammates that I was talking about earlier, we have our seventh period together. It's technically basketball, but um, 
varsity uses it for practice so we just sit in there and then our practice isn't until later but anyways for that entire seventh period um we've had a lot of great conversation because we're just sitting there talking and the three other teammates that I have they've all cried during that seventh period because either they were having a bad day or something happened and or like breakups or whatever right they've cried and I'm the only one who hasn't cried yet and I just I don't know I'd struggle with crying in front of people yeah (laughs) do you do you wish that you could cry? Um, I don't know. I don't... Um, <laughs> that's a weird question. I feel like I don't have a preference. Like, I'm okay with not crying in front of people, but... So, <clears throat> it sounds like you're really good with, again, boundaries, like we said earlier. Mm-hmm. So, you, in your mind, already said, I am not going to cry at school because that's not appropriate to do. But, but not because I think, like, oh, crying is weak. No, it has nothing to do with that. I just... I don't know. I think because I already struggle with talking about the way that I feel, my body just wouldn't allow me to cry in front of other people like that. And I think that that goes back to um, what Natalie was asking about, what I've learned about my mental health and kind of stuff like that. I don't know. I just, I can't, I can't cry in front of people. And, and, oh, and the, the boundaries thing, Alina tells me all the time that I'm good at putting my feelings before somebody else's when I need to and being like selfish in the right ways when it comes to my emotions and the way that I feel or any emotional maturity like that. So, um, so would you in a more private setting amongst your friends cry? Like, have you cried in front of your friends? I don't think I have. And I don't know if I would, unless maybe we're watching like a sad movie or something. See, but then it's like that's an appropriate time to cry, you know, and it has nothing related with me. So I feel like in that um, <laughs> in that situation, I could cry. But if it were about me, I don't think I could cry. I don't think like I, I could talk about things, but not let it get that deeper, let it affect me that much where I would start crying in front of them. And, and we um, I think we mentioned this in the last episode about movies and crying that we find movies as the outlet to let it out because because that is when it's appropriate. Oh, <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think we went to go watch um, um, maybe it was Frozen 2. It was my sister and my grandma and I and we went to go watch Frozen 2 in theaters. And by the end of the movie, my sister and I were sobbing like yeah. in the theaters, just completely like sobbing it couldn't have just been the movie there's no No. way there's no way so i was like what what am i really feeling because why am i crying this much in theaters watching frozen 2 you don't know you don't know why you cried that much i can tell you why i cried at frozen just one i don't think i watched the number two Mm -hmm. the scene where the little red sister the red sister oh the red hair Mm -hmm. anna what's the other sister's name Elsa. elsa When Anna goes, I, listen, Anna. which by the way, shouts out to Frozen because that's actually the first animated movie to be directed by a female at Disney. In 2013. In 2013, wow. Disney, what the holy hot dog. Yeah, incredible. But first, oh my God, yeah. moment of rage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, shit, I just got distracted. I had a squirrel moment. Um, Anna. The other moment of rage, no, was that they canceled uh, Hintified, no season mm. three. That's some bullshit Netflix bullshit because there's some seasons and series out there on Netflix that have no business having more than one season. That's right. You're right. But to go back to why we cry, um, Anna, when she's knocking on uh, Elsa's door and do you want to build a snowman? It's always like me with Uncle Michael, like, hey, man, do you want to hang out? And he's like, no. 
I don't want to hang out with you. So that's why I cried with it. But I do want to talk about you made a significant step in your mental health lifestyle recently. Can you tell us about that choice you've made? Oh. Is this about the therapy thing? It is about the therapy. <sighs> okay. Um, okay. I think the best way to get into this is to lightly just graze <laughs> um, the fact that Mama, you and I's relationship has changed a, changed a lot these last two years, like significantly, and I think that kind of like played a big part in me needing to learn more about myself and my mental health and just a lot of the things that I have within me. And um, honestly, it's overwhelming. It, it, everything's overwhelming, and I was because we've been in this rough spot with my mom, like, it's forced me, I've just been not feeling good, right, and just in general, not, not, not just because of my mom, but with so many different things, and that's the overwhelming part about it, is how many different things are, like, constantly running through my mind, and so, just, my mom kind of had brought it up a few times, um, about, she introduced the idea of going to therapy, all of us, like, personally and together. But I have tried therapy. I don't remember how long ago it was, but I have tried, and I hated it. I hated every second of it because, again, I struggle so much with just being open and talking about what you're going through. What I'm going through. And so it was just torture. I remember going in. <laughs> no, it was, it was so bad. I remember going in there and, like, it, it, it was the easiest question, but because I knew where it was going to lead to eventually, uh, yeah. I just immediately started crying. And I couldn't do anything but cry. And she would, the, <laughs> the poor lady was trying to ask me questions, and I would just look at her and shake my head and start crying. Like, And that's that's how scary and like deep it is because I literally my, I can't talk. My throat closes, and I just start crying. So I was like, I can't just sit here and cry the whole time. Like, yeah. I, I, nothing's going to come out. And maybe eventually it would have, but it was just I was not ready at all. So she, so again, she had kind of brought it up to me a few times these last few weeks. But I think it was, what, last weekend? Mm-hmm. Um, again, I wasn't feeling good, and I was feeling really overwhelmed. Um, and so therapy kind of like crossed my mind and I think that because I've gotten I've had some growth with my mental health that it'd be a little bit easier to talk about things now or I'd be more open to it so, and I told my mom that I might not even be ready now but I think it's some I don't know if I'll ever be ready because if not now then when but right. I think I'm interested in trying again with therapy yay I think you have I mean uh, you you're absolutely right about that if not now then when and I believe that you know the more that you weigh the more things you're you're gonna keep you know in your heart and in your mind and it's gonna keep eating you up and you might and it might become like this thing that you're subconsciously not even thinking about but it, it does affect the way that you go on about your life and how you interact with people and the type of conversations that you have with your parents because we haven't let all of that out right um so good for you I'm glad that you know at least you're not you're not knocking it you're you know you're welcoming it um so hopefully you can get so bad but (laughs) I, I always look at it like I mean, you're just talking to a person that doesn't know you and isn't going to, like, know your personal life. And they they can't judge you. They're just there to help you, you know? 
so I think that uh, that's a good a good thing a good thing that you're highly considering (laughs) I've definitely had my experiences with therapy where um where I where I'm like looking at the lady like I don't want to answer that and fix me but I don't want to answer that because I know what the next question is gonna be or I know that I'm gonna have to face the thing that I don't want to face I don't want to talk about it definitely that that's the other thing is that like yeah the first step is recognizing that you need help but it's like obviously I want to get better I want to feel better I don't want to be feeling like this anymore but it's so hard to want to feel better like to want to do things that you know are going to make you feel better and it's kind of odd that it's hard but it is and like honestly it's scary too because I don't know if therapy is going to work for me like Mm. I know it's hard but it doesn't work for everybody so I don't know that's another thing I'm thinking about it does work for everybody, and I'll, I'll. This is kind of the example that I always say: when you have an accident and you break an arm, like I'm remembering when my brother jumped off the roof into a bouncer and he broke his shoulder, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so that caused a major injury, yeah. and he had to. You know what? I think he was in high school too when that happened, and he had like uh, bolts in his arm. It was like this really big thing. He couldn't go to school. Couldn't, he had to sleep upright, I think, because he couldn't move his arm. It was really bad. So when they take all of this metal out of his body, he now needed to learn how to use his arm again. Because he had it in the same position for a really, really long time in a cast and all that. So what happens after you go through surgery and recovery surgery and all that? You have to go to physical therapy. Mm-hmm physical therapy because you got to retrain your arm how to use itself how to safely use itself now that it's been harmed right and they give you the tools to give you the right exercises to do so that you bring your arm back to full health and that is therapy right you go in there with whatever trauma mental trauma you've had or whatever bad experiences that you've had Mm -hmm. and they massage not literally but Mm -hmm. the therapy that they give you is to help you deal with that so that you can function again under a healthy circumstance with your brain yeah i don't disagree with that but i just i also feel like the body and the mind are just completely different. <laughs> so, fuck us then. You know what? Fuck it. Um, I, I <laughs> You know what? I like both sides of this. I like all of the sides. We all have a point here. Yeah. But but it's true, you know, you go you have a physical therapy, you have a a psychotherapist to treat the aches and the pains, whether it be mental or physical, it's they're there to help us and give us the tools to become a much better, a much healthier, a much happier human being. Um, so I, I do think that, you know, go in with it, uh, go into it with an open mind. And uh, Ricky and I have had these discussions where the, the the once you go into therapy and that one therapist that might not she might not she or he might not be the one you know and and it's like um, dating and relationships you go in through one maybe they they understand you and they give you the um, the information that that you that you're able to take in in the right way and so you keep them or they might just be speaking a complete different language to you and you're like what the hell are you saying I don't like you and you move on right and you keep trying different things but um 
you know, there's definitely options out there. There's definitely, um, you know, you're Gen Z, so you're, you know, Google and you know that there's things Mm -hmm. that you can look up, but there's books that you can read to educate yourself about, um, who you are, what you're experiencing, what other, you know, stories of other people experiencing something, um, similar to you. And I think, um, there's nothing like communication at the end of the day, whether it be with a therapist or a friend or your mom or your dad, um, because that's where you end up discovering like where the where the where the hurts are and um, and maybe being able to relate because maybe something that Ricky has gone through, you're going through and you may not know, which is kind of hard to believe because Ricky's very open about her life. Um, maybe there's something in there that she can um she can share with you that you're currently going through that you didn't know about, you know? So communication is key. I actually had an epiphany with this. I was complaining about my two oldest kids and I was like, I just have zero relatability with them. Like zero, because my oldest is going to be 22. My, and then Alina's she's 19. She's gonna be 20. She'll be 20. I had two children at both of their ages. Yeah. So I feel like I can't relate to what it what it's like being a 21-year-old young man mm-hmm. doing whatever or a 19-year-old Alina who has doing whatever. Doing whatever. <laughs> I can't connect with that. I can't tell them, oh, well, when I was that age, this is what. No, when I was that age, I was in a whole different mindset. And I remember, and I told them about that. Yeah. I'm like, maybe our disconnect has to do that. I just, we just have no, and that's okay. There, that's okay yeah. because... We do have an open relationship and we can, you know, mm-hmm. navigate through it all. And then sometimes when you can't relate, and I appreciate that this happened um, last week when we recorded last week's episode, you know, Michael Moda was there and Alina was there, my 19-year-old. And, and you guys added some value to some points that I had already been sharing with her about trying to guide her through her life. So yeah. lean on those, that, that support system that can emphasize maybe some specific topics that you want to say i do want to ask what in your opinion mia do you think that what do you think teenagers aren't telling their parents what they aren't mm-hmm. oh god um <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like there i feel like that could vary okay. very much um, but I also feel like the most like general answer would be mental health, like, and just the things that they're dealing with. And I, some of the things that I see is just that um, kids are not afraid, but they just there's kind of a risk behind like talking to your parents about that kind of thing mm-hmm. about just not not in the way well maybe in the way that they'll react, but also just again with relatability like. It, it's times are so different now and I don't think anybody could understand it's all it's new to everybody so you can't expect your parents to understand what you're feeling or what you're going through because this is new to them too and they, it's the age thing is so different and it's affecting everybody's differently as well 
have no comment. You just put that right <laughs> on the nail. It's it, you're absolutely right. It has. We're all going through it at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like, well, what the fuck do you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you how can you go to how, kind of? Yeah, how can you help me through this? Because you're over here having a meltdown. I'm having a meltdown. Every man for themselves. Yeah, yeah. I can see how that can be hard. Yeah. But even um, even pre-pandemic, I I do I am still curious about like what what are teenagers afraid of. And I would think that the question would, or the answer would still be the same, that they don't think teenagers, kids would not, would not be able to rely or, dip, or connect with their parent because they might think that, well, my parent doesn't understand. They don't know what I'm, they don't know. How are they going to know? And then they're going to feel judged and then they're going to feel like all I'm going to get is scolded for feeling like this. So that's hard. Mm -hmm. But I think here, like uh, in this table, I think that Ricky's pretty open and she can try to understand. Well, I'm mean, doing better. There you go. Oh, no. Hold yeah. <laughs> um, it. I don't like that question. You know what? Because I also feel like I don't know. I feel like I'm still a little lost in our relationship right now. So I feel like that... That's a very difficult question to answer. I don't know what you could be doing better. That's a safe answer. It's <laughs> a very safe answer. I do remember when uh, Mia was younger, she used to see how I used to grapple with the two oldest. And Mia, Mia and I, not that Mia is my favorite, I just have a lot, well, I just connect with her a little bit differently than I do with the two oldest. Yeah. In which case, when I reached out to my son this weekend, and I was talking to him, I was explaining to him that <clears throat> I had him and Alina, they were kind of were raised like twins almost because they were so close in age. Yeah. And so they represent just a different time in my life. And I was present with them very differently than I was with, with Mia. So the relationships are just different. Yeah. But Mia used to tell me when she was little, she's like, Mama, I'm not going to be a teenager like, like, uh, Carlos, like Carlos and Alina. And I remember thinking like, I, thank, no, thank God. I really want to believe that. Yeah. But the teenagers are just like, they're so vicious. And I was just like, please let that happen. And I was anticipating that, you know, we were going to break up. But yeah. no, no, you definitely believe that. Like, I did. like a hundred, like I had you like sold. <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, that kind of hurts my feelings. It hurts my feelings when we talk about this and when you bring this up because. I mean, really, you, I, you, I didn't know what I was saying. I mean, I did, but, like, I didn't know what was going to happen. And, like, I don't know. That's, I don't think it's fair of you to – no, I think you <laughs> expect me to live up to that. And I obviously can't. I haven't. And so that's why it hurts my feelings because I feel like it, you make me feel like you're disappointed in me. Like, you became that teenager you said you weren't going to be. So it doesn't make me feel good, and that's why it hurts my feelings. So wait. So you guys broke up? Yeah, we broke up. <laughs> we're still we're still broken up. But we're making we're making the strides to get back together and to, oh yes. Well, we just know. talked about this last weekend. No, this well, is, is one-sided. <laughs> no, but no, maybe not getting back together, but maybe we'll just be friends again. But I don't know if I want to get back together with you. But, but we could be friends after our breakup. Oh. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You can be friends. 
Why the fuck not? <laughs> We've had enough space. No, but this is, this is, well, I guess it's a weird story to share, but me and I are friends. <laughs> and, and like I said, she has her boundaries mastered. Yeah. So... Uh, I, I came home. I had a little too much to drink last Thursday. Oh. And I just wanted to sleep in her room. Like, you know, I was like, let me just sleep here. She's like, get off yeah. of my bed <laughs> right now. Yeah. Okay. To be fair, I don't think that that's it. Well, okay. Let me let me finish what I was going to say first. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think that that's a teenager thing. That's just because I'm butthurt that... You kicked me out of your room so easily when I started, like, growing up. And that hurt because uh-huh. I definitely... And, and you know what? I went through that with Alina, too, because I was either sharing rooms with you or Alina. Different experiences, but just the sharing part of it, like, definitely made me, like, develop some type of attachment thing kind of going on. And so you so... <laughs> e- like, you so e- <laughs> No, you so easily kicked me out, though. So I think I'm just so butthurt about that. And now I'm used to sleeping by myself, and I like it. I love that and you guys nice love your space. I very That's much important. enjoy my space. I love my room. And so now, also, you're just, your energy is so much sometimes. Like, even when you're <laughs> sleeping, like, I could feel all the little cells, like, jumping around in your body. Like, and I could feel it next to me until it bothers me. I'm like, go sleep in your own room because I can't deal with your little cells bouncing around right now. And, like, <laughs> give this to me right now. I just want to say this. I never knew that you felt that way. Hold on, because, and I've never heard it expressed that that way, but I would feel that with you too. Yeah, Remember, that, sometimes that I would tell you, be like, stop. No. Even though you weren't moving around, I was though. I could, well, you're, yeah, 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 you like you Both couldn't find your, your place. I could feel around. the. That's weird. You know what? Because now the roles have kind of changed, but I. That, the whole me bouncing around, now that I think about it, it kind of pieces together. I've I've always had sleeping problems. I've always, always, always had trouble sleeping. And that definitely has something to do with it, like, just the feeling restless. Like, I can, and that's, that's crazy that you used to be able to feel it, and now I feel it with you. But, okay, but that's what I was going to say. I don't think, it might not be a teenager thing, but then it might be, because I definitely do enjoy my space now, but... Um, again, that that goes back to the whole like energy sensitivity thing. That's interesting. And that also goes back to the importance of therapy because <laughs> yes. why can't you sleep? You know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah. Restlessness. That's, that's that's definitely such a big thing. The sleeping thing interests me a lot. Yeah, because there's something going on in your in your spirit, in your mind, in your in your um, it's unsettling. Yeah, that isn't letting you sleep at night. It's a little pee so. under my pillow. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. what? The, you know, the princess in the pee where she has, like, a bunch of mattresses and there's a little pee under and I she mean, can't no, sleep? I don't know what you're talking about. You've, no, you have you heard of that? No? Where'd you get that? Um, I don't know. I think it it might be a kid's book or, like, a little kid's story. Princess in the You've pee. never heard of the princess no. in the pee? Where she literally has, like, a stack of... Oh, no, no, no. It starts off with one bed, right? It starts off with one bed and there's a little pee under the bed. Just a single pee. A little green pea under the bed. And she's like, I can't sleep. Mm-hmm. She can't sleep. She's telling everybody. I think that she's like some princess. Yeah, yeah princess in the pea. And so she's telling her parents, like, I can't sleep. This bed is so uncomfortable. So they're like, okay, here's a new bed. But the pea's still there, right? And so whatever. Basically, the story goes on. They ended up giving her so many mattresses, like this big stack of mattresses. But at the very bottom underneath is a single little pea, and it's why she can't sleep. Uh-huh. And I don't remember how they end up figuring out. But once they do, she, like, sleeps so peacefully now. Like, I don't know. But there's a little pea under her bed. That's why. Go get that pee from under your bed, girl. It's not letting you sleep at night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
I thought that it was, uh, that's interesting. <clears throat> and I have been worried about her sleep. Yeah. But then also, I would have conversations with other parents that have kids my age, and they would say the same things too, that their kids can't sleep, that they're up all night. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is it a teenager thing too? Again, and that's what I was telling myself, although still being worried about her not being able to sleep, yeah. which was not that it was comforting to hear that other parents, but then I didn't feel so alone in the fact that I'm the only one that has a teenager who can't sleep. Right. I also think that's a little different because it might be a teenager thing, but mine has been going on a lot longer than that, I feel like. Like how long? Oh. Um, I don't know, but a while. I. Well, yeah, because we've tried melatonin and we've tried other Oh, things. I've tried so many things. Um, we got to get that pee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. well, we gotta remove the pee. Yeah. is what it is. Do you know how many mattresses we have to go through first? That's the that's the overwhelming part. Yeah, therapy. Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta leave that a drop. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't. Is there any closing thoughts? Thank you for coming on board and sharing everything. You're very welcome. Yeah, I'm really happy that we did this. I think you shined a light on, you know, what's going on in, well, your life specifically, but in a, in, in a teenager's life here in these current states. So I appreciate you being open and as honest as possible with us, um, except about your screen time. Well, that'll be another thing. But with that, um, thank you again. Um, stay tuned for next week's episode, y'all increase the peace oh wait and don't forget to um give us a review Mm -hmm. give us a review on spotify on apple on amazon wherever there is a place to put little stars and little comments put your stars and comments all right now increase the peace (laughs) y'all bye bye Today's episode was brought to you by Chingon Bakery and Venice Beach Beverage. If you have any topic ideas you want us to cover, don't forget to email those to onthisfrequency at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced by Juicebox Bartley and Big Brother Jake. We drop a new episode every Wednesday wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you follow us on the grams at onthisfrequency. How can you support us, you ask? Well, go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash on this frequency and you can donate some coffee funds there. And for those Apple listeners, leave us a review. They're incredibly helpful and we'll be sharing them in our upcoming episodes. So from Natalie and I, remember to be kind to one another, kick some ass and remember to celebrate every day because every day is your birthday. Meow, 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 meow.